it opened up. It started those three little words started three love stories in my life. There was a love story with myself. It was a love story with a significant other. And most importantly, it was a love story with God. Because what I've realized in this episode, we will talk about being disconnected from our bodies, growing up feeling unlovable and having faith in God. We'll dive right into Sarah Phillips' courageous story, where she went through child abuse, getting reconnected again with a familiar face, and now knowing that she has always been lovable. Be sure to listen in for all the details. Hello, my wonderful beasties. It's Tina, your host. Welcome to the Courageous Inner Beast, the place where you get charged up with courage by calling in your inner beast. Today, you have Sarah Phillips. Hi, Sarah. Please introduce yourself. Hi, Tina. I'm Sarah Phillips, and I am um, an author, a speaker, and a coach, and I am very honored to be here with you today to share my story. Thank you, and just thank you for just being here. It's I've heard your story before, and I, I was with you. And so can you just, so then that's the case. What is your one courageous story? My one courageous story is um, I came from a childhood of abuse and it was abuse in every possible form there there is. Mental, physical, emotional, social, that, financial. The... Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was not, it was not a fun experience. And what it did to me as a human being was it left me feeling like I had no value like I was not safe and that I was not lovable. And so I spent a lifetime walking through a life where those three things were the predominant thoughts and, and they, they affected every single part of my life. And as human beings, that's what we do. You know, we create our own reality because the perceptions that we have, whether they're right or wrong, they're reality to us. So we live in that. And so I became a very, very broken adult. Um, I had, um, you know, I, I would like to say broken relationships, but I really didn't have relationships, not with, not romantic relationships and really not a whole lot of friendships that you know there was one or two people that I really connected to but I really didn't I had these walls up like like if I had been if they had been actual walls I would be the world's greatest brick mason I'm just telling you right now (laughs) (laughs) I had walls in fact I didn't have a wall I had a fortress (laughs) and you know every time something would break through there was a little teeny crack in that wall and something got through oh I added on about you know 12 different stories and four feet thick and well why don't we just put a whole nother wing in here while we're at it because you know I don't want this happening and um you know as a result of trying to keep that that wall being around people exhausted me and I did not realize this until just the other day when God revealed to me that it wasn't the people that exhausted you, it was holding up the walls. It was trying to keep yourself safe. So, you know, I lived in this world where I was not safe. I did not feel safe, did not feel loved. And I went Which, through... What, what exactly happened though? In like, 
you were going through all the abuse, like you said, physical, emotional, mental, and everything. Like, what exactly happened in that time? Um, my father was a raging narcissist. <laughs> um, you know, there was there were physical beatings. There was, you know, constant, um, constantly receiving the message that you're stupid, you're worthless, you're lazy, you're fat, you're ugly, you're um, yeah. there's not enough money in the world. Um, God is somebody who is, um, is a being who is very judgmental. And if you do anything wrong, you're going to hell for all eternity and be tortured and, um, you know, sexual abuse from him and from my brother-in-law. And, you know, there, there just was no, there was no safe place. You know, probably yeah. one of the biggest memories I have growing up was um, the first time I was brave enough to go somewhere with my father without my mother there. And that sounds, you know, when I look at it now as an adult, I'm like, that's crazy. You know, what child doesn't do that? But it was a huge deal for me to go ride in the back of the pickup truck with my brothers and sisters, with my dad driving without my mom there to protect me. Um, so yeah, it was, it was just an odd way. So, so you just said, you, you just said that you have siblings. Did yeah. they also experience the same abuse as you or like you were just miraculously just handpicked with, from all yeah. your siblings? No, um, that was pretty much universal. Now the sexual abuse, I don't know. None of my siblings have ever talked about. Yeah. being sexually abused so that part i can't speak to of course but yes. as far as all the other abuses oh yeah we were we were all painted with the same brush we all got that we all got the same helping of abuse so mm -hmm. yeah um and yeah it did it what it created was a family of dysfunction every every person in my family has an addiction of some kind yeah i have yeah. you know siblings who are drug addicts i have siblings who are like me uh, me and my sister are food addicts alcoholics mm -hmm. you name it and that's what that's what it creates because it's trying to hide from the pain you know yeah. what i mean yeah and um so it, it created a world that was not a safe place in any form and so I lived my life that way. I lived that way. My life disconnected, disconnected from my own body, which mm -hmm. is such a bizarre um, outcome of abuse. And, you know, I've talked to people who don't quite understand what I mean when I say when I was disconnected from my own body, but I literally don't feel pain and pleasure. Well, so, how did you, so how did you to do that? Can you explain to me your experience of like since you have knowing it now? I'm also curious, like looking back at it, what does it mean by being disconnected from your body until yeah, now? Like, yeah, I, I I literally I have, as far as I know, the th highest threshold to pain to anybody I've ever known in my life. Mm. Um, because it the pain has to be like for, one example is when I was like 27, mm -hmm. I ended up going to the hospital. Um, to and I ended up having emergency surgery. I had a 14 pound cyst on my ovary what? that I did not know was there because I could not 
feel the first thing the surgeon said to me was, why haven't you had anything done about this before now? And I'm like, didn't know it was here. It literally had to twist and turn gangrenous so that it was life-threatening for me before I could actually feel it in my body. Um, I got hit by a car when I was eight years old. My, my surgeon, my orthopedic surgeon, I broke my hip and both legs and my arm. And he told me, by the time you're 18, you're going to have severe arthritis. Just understand that. Never felt it. I have it. The doctors have told me I have it. I didn't feel it. It was complete disconnection from my own body. Um, same with pleasure. Um, there was, you know, and, you know, okay, we're going to, we're going to go there apparently. Um, <laughs> couldn't have an orgasm. Yeah. Because couldn't feel anything. And um, so, yeah, it, it, it is, it is a strange world when you disconnect from your own body. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, you know, there, there was, when I when when we look at what we consider to be the normal life, um, I didn't have any of that. What is a normal life? <laughs> yeah, normal life. <laughs> you know where you find happiness and love and connection and caring and understanding in the world, and I found none of that. Yeah, and so I, you know that was how I was going through life, and. Little things kept happening to me along the way, you know, little bits and pieces of potential healing, you know, this yeah. book, this therapy, let me go on this medication, this webinar, this seminar, this workshop, this yeah. coaching, this whatever. So, it, you know, I, I spent 20 plus years looking for where's the healing and they all helped and they all helped incrementally. Yeah. But then this moment happened, this moment in time that was truly, truly life altering. And I have to give you a little backstory for you to understand it. When I was young, you know, I have seven siblings, but my older brother, Michael, was he was my hero. I thought he walked on water. And <laughs> James who used to come and you know he was at the house all the time he worked at my parents store you know he was part of our family anyway yes. um we grew up hanging out together whatever we got older um because they're eight years older than me you know Michael moved out of the house James went in the military yeah and um when I was 16 James showed up at the door and he was I was like hey I said uh you know, it's good to see you, but Michael doesn't live here anymore, but I can give you his address. And he said, I didn't come to see him, came to see you. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm already thinking. Great. <laughs> and uh, so we went in. Yeah. And one thing that, uh, that, you know, we always did together was we loved to play darts. So we went in the, the laundry room, we were shooting darts. And I was sitting on the dryer and I can remember this just as vividly today. And he was holding this dart and he turned around and he looked at me. He said, I came home to tell you something. And I've been waiting for you to, to be old enough for me to tell you this. And I'm like, what? And he said, I'm in love with you. Will you marry me? As mm. six Eight wait eight year difference so that he is 24. 24. 24. Yeah. yeah. 
And I am here to tell you that, you know, you've heard the expression, you could knock me over with a feather. Well, it wouldn't have taken a feather, uh, like a speck of dust would have done it. Because <laughs> remember that I live in a world where I'm not lovable. Yeah. That's my yeah. reality. Yeah. And so I had no clue he had any interest in me whatsoever. Yes. And then there's that piece that the sexual abuse does, which tells you that yep. all men want to do is have sex with you. Yep. So that was what my mind took from that was he wants to get light. Mm -hmm. And so I am like backpedaling as hard and fast as I can possibly go. Yeah. Like even, even, even at 16, you're like, oh, no, I'm still, no, 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 you can't. Yep. No. <laughs> so exactly, sorry. exactly. Yeah. It's like, um, let's see, let me think of how many excuses I can give him to say no, so he'll go away and leave me alone. You know, <laughs> uh, I'm not old enough. My dad's going to kill me. I've got to yeah. go to college, you know, everything. Yeah. Get away from me. Yep. So he left and I never saw him again. Mm. Never talked to him again. And I thought, yep, see, there's proof. See, one thing that's really important that I've learned on this journey is that we find evidence to support our beliefs. Yeah. Wait, do Everything you think that happens supports our beliefs? Do you think because he never came back, it really like confirmed like, see, this is why like he only wanted. Yep. Wait, but did he, I guess, well, I already know the kind of story, so I'll, I'll wait on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, um, but yeah, that's exactly what it did. It confirmed to see that's, they just wanted to get laid. Because like I said, you know, when regardless of what we think in life, we're yeah. going to find evidence to, to support that. Yep. So I move on in my life and, you know, go on doing my thing. 40 years later, last summer, my superhero decided to show me he wasn't really a superhero and he had a stroke. And unfortunately, he lost a lot of his memories. Yeah. So I went to visit him. And he and his wife and I were talking about childhood stuff, you know, trying to bring back memories. Yeah. And we started laughing about some of the crazy things that he and James used to do together. And his wife asked me, she was like, do you know where he's at? Because he doesn't have a Facebook page. And I'm like, I don't have any idea. I hadn't heard from him in 40 years. <laughs> and didn't think any more about it. We moved on. And yep. that Sunday, I went to go look up something. I was going to order something on Amazon. And for the second time in my life, only one other time in my life did this happen. For the second time in my life, I heard the voice of God. <laughs> and oddly, he said, Google James. Huh? <laughs> Google James. All right. So I Googled him and, and ended up through a series of events finding him um, and online and found a phone number for him. And I called and and uh, he and I started talking, you know, I was telling him about Michael and, and whatever. And um, we talked about, you know, the family. What's his brother doing? What's happening with my siblings? He's, yes. You know, he's married. He's got two kids, whatever. What about you, Sarah? Did you ever get married? And I'm like, no, never not got married, never had kids. And he went, really? And I thought, that is a bizarre response to that question. But okay, whatever. <laughs> and I kept on talking. And we, we talked for about an hour. And I went to get off the phone. And he said, 
I said, it's so good to talk to you again, James. I said, I'm so glad I found you. I, you know, I think about you all the time. And he said, yeah, me too. And in that moment of time, what I heard was, not only did I love you at 16, I'm still in love with you 40 years later. And it rocked my world. I hung up that phone. And I realized for the first time that I was lovable. Yeah. That if he could love me, that I was lovable. And if he could love me, that I could love me. Yeah. And if I could love me, I could finally let God love me. And it literally turned my world upside down. Yeah. And the image that I have of, of what God did in my life after that was this image of this little girl sitting next to this great big toy box. Yeah. And she's taken all, all the toys out one at a time and looking at them. Yeah. And realizing that they weren't what she thought they were. And that was me going back through every single memory of my life yeah, and realizing that it was not what I thought it was, that it was something completely different. And it opened up, it started, those three little words started three love stories in my life. There was a love story with myself. It was a love story with a significant other. And most importantly, it was a love story with God. Because what I've realized is, and, and as I look around the world and I, I see the other people, what I realize is, is that we're supposed to be living life through a love story. And most of us, because of things that have happened to us, are spending our lives in a hate story. And they're all the lies and the crap that the world has told us. Yeah. That are so wrong. And we damage ourselves every single day because we look, we are looking, you know, it's like if, if you're standing in front of an audience and you put a pair of sunglasses on that have a green tint to them, the whole audience looks green. If you take them off and you put a pair of glasses with yellow lenses on them, suddenly everything looks yellow. Nothing changed. It was the exact same audience. Yes. Everything was exactly the same, except for the way we choose to view it. Yeah, it's changing, it's changing the, the lens. Yes. I recently learned about that during uh, during therapy, about like how I view things. And my therapist told me, just change the lens. It doesn't always have to be the same color. It could be something else. You can put it differently. So... Yep. I can definitely understand that of just changing your perspective and every little thing like that. It's just interesting. How how did you know just by hearing him say those three words? Is it just like the this tone? Just yeah, it was. In fact, it's funny because a friend of mine and I were talking about that the other day. Yeah. Because the the title of the book is Yeah. And then three dots that I wrote about this. And then the words me too. 
And she said, well, grammatically, that's not correct. You really need to change that. And I said, I don't care what's grammatically correct. Yeah. Because it was the pause. Mm. And the gentle way he said, me too. He, If he'd have said it a different way, I would not have gotten the message. Mm-hmm. It was the way, and, and there's such an important piece of information in that for us all yeah. is that it is not what we say. It is how we say it. Because mm. you can say the same thing three different ways and have three totally different meanings. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was, it was the way he said it. It wasn't what he said. It was how he said it. Yeah. It was, you could the love was in the pause. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I mean, no, it's, I think that's also kind of like, yeah, you know, just having confirmation that someone still loved you yeah. 40 years ago, still loved you now. And you're like needing, honestly, having that confirmation that someone still loved you no matter how many years has passed. Yeah. You no. Know? And wait, so what happened like once, so you changed your lens, right? And then now you're seeing things and then believing for yourself, like believing yourself, believing through God and having through um, with a significant other. How are you, how's your lenses now? (laughs) Uh, My lenses are actually clear, which is wonderful because, um, you know, now I get to see things as they really are, not that jaded human being, not that broken human being that's seeing things. But I actually get to see things for for how they actually are. And when something happens, I am no longer triggered by it. You know, it, it's fascinating. I, You know, we were talking about it the other day with a friend of mine, and it is that, you know, there's some there are some things that happen in our lives that we think they're one thing and there's something else. And when you start looking at things as though they are, all of a sudden you create this safe space for yourself. In fact, somebody told me the other day that the definition of freedom, and this is probably the best definition I've ever heard. Freedom is your willingness and openness to allow somebody else to misjudge you and you're okay with it. Mm, Yes. That is freedom. And all of a sudden I realized that, you know, my, my brother was talking to me about the, the, the changes that I've gone through. I said, here's the difference. A year ago, if you had said to me, Sarah, I don't like you. I promise you, Sarah would have spent the next month to six weeks all day, every day, perseverating on what did I do wrong? What could I do differently? Why don't you like me? What can I fix? How can I make this better? How can I get you to like me? What's wrong with me? It would have all been about what is broken in me that makes me unlikable. Yeah. And now if you said it to me, I go, oh, that's interesting. Cool. Because (laughs) what I have figured out is I don't like coffee. But that does not mean that there's something wrong with coffee. Nope, not at all. Absolutely perfect. It's just not for me. It's not my preference. And 
it's okay. Coffee does not get offended. Yes. Coffee does not sit around thinking, I wonder why Sarah doesn't like me. What can I change? What can I do different? Like, the, you coffee know? Will, <laughs> the coffee will be like walking on thinking of themselves like coffee. You, hmm, Sarah, why? No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I, I can't begin to tell you how incredibly freeing it is to not spend your life in the realm of thinking that everybody has to like me or there's something wrong with me. Yeah, to know yeah. that it is perfectly okay if you don't like me. I, I, I'm good with that. No, um, you know, hopefully yeah. we've got something we can add to one another's lives. <laughs> but you know what? Maybe not. Maybe we just need to go away and leave each other the hell alone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes sense because it kind of relating back to me is like, I have that issue too. Like it's, I'm better at it now. But when I was, you were to ask me like several years ago, if someone doesn't like me, I go through the whole, the whole thing you went through, like ruminating every single thing of why they don't like it why am i so unlovable blah 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 like all these questions and then i think someone when i was telling a friend of mine this they asked me do you do you even like everyone and i'm just like no i have a handful of people i don't like <laughs> so like so it's okay it's okay not to be like if you yourself don't like other people you know and so it's like you said, that's that freedom to, yeah, this is okay. It's okay. It's okay if no one, like, it's really finding your people. Yeah. And let go of the people that don't, like you said, serve you, value you as a person. And just, and it's not bad. It's like you said, the coffee is not a bad thing. It's just, you know, it's. It just is. It just is. Right. It's a, Yeah. So, yeah, and then just learning more than anything else, for me, it has been finally creating that love story that I have with God and understanding that my earthly father and my heavenly father are not the same thing. See, that was a big thing for me. Yeah. How do you, how do you trust a heavenly father when your earth, when the only example you have as a father is abusive yeah you, you it's like I, i've got one i don't want another one thanks uh you know yeah, you don't I, trust I'm, I'm good with the whole dad thing that you don't trust <laughs> you don't trust that someone will like a father figure and so as a heavenly god you know heavenly father like they would protect you if your earthly father is not yeah and like, that was the thing it was i like the walls were so big even god couldn't get through you know, and, and and that was a huge learning for me was that I was keeping everybody out, including God. And once, yeah. I, once that door opened and I was able to learn to walk in faith yeah. and walk in love with him, you know, I have, so <laughs> I get to share this with you because it just excites me every time I think about it. I decided one day based on some books and things that I've read that I'm like, uh, you know, as you get older, your eyesight goes. I had gotten to the point where I could not read a menu, like the big print on a menu without my reading glasses on and it annoyed me. And <laughs> one day I was like, okay, God, you said that I can have whatever I ask for. So thank you for repairing my eyesight so that I no longer need glasses to read. Yeah. And I prayed that prayer for three days. 
July, I started July 31st. On the third day of August, I woke up in the morning, picked up my Bible and could read it without my glasses. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that worked. <laughs> so I was like, okay, God, I get to be in a state of perfect health without taking all these medications because I was on eight different medications. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, I get to I get to be perfectly healthy without medications. Yeah. Um, I can tell you that I was on two different kinds of blood pressure medications. I am off them. My blood pressure this morning was 122 over 76 with no medications. I am off my antidepressants. Yeah. I am off one of my diabetes. I have two two medications left that I take, one for diabetes and one for my thyroid. Yeah. But everything else God has so far cleared out of my life. And I know those two are coming. It's just in his time and not mine. Yeah. But knowing and understanding that power that living a life of faith has done just changed everything. Yeah. Like, wow, you get to like reach out and have connections with other human beings and trust the world that you live in and and feel safe. And, and, you know, one of the things that I have found, my brother was saying to me, because he's, he has some issues with me writing the book, I think, because I think it's forcing him to, to face his own <laughs> stuff that he hasn't faced. But yeah, he's yeah. like, you know, you used to be so confident and so powerful. And now you're talking about feeling unworthy and unloved and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Now <laughs> I get why, where you're coming from. That person that you saw your whole life, that confident, powerful, could do anything. I, she never existed. Yeah. It was a facade. Yeah. It was my mask to the world because if you walk out there like you're tough and you're confident, people don't attack you. Yes. That's right. As and, a woman, yes. <laughs> too. Yeah. And now I have gotten to the point where I understand that it's okay for me to be vulnerable. Yeah. And you only get to the point where you can be vulnerable when you feel safe. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I now understand that vulnerability is a superpower. It is one of the most powerful things that I have within me is the ability to say, I feel safe enough Mm -hmm. to show you that I'm not perfect. Yeah. That I have brokenness and there are things that hurt my feelings and there are things that, you know, I'm not good at and, there's still things inside me that need to heal and I'm okay with that. Yeah. And that is the most amazing feeling that you will ever feel in your lifetime is to be able to walk around in the world in your own skin and not be afraid of what somebody else is going to think about you. Yes. Oh, that is the best thing. I feel like that is already like a takeaway. <laughs> It's such good, like, because my the question I'm about to end it with you is like, what is your one takeaway? And already, I feel like that is it to just like let down the guard, you know, embracing that vulnerability is your superpower, and not giving no fuck about what everyone anyone thinks of you because you we as individuals, oops, (laughs) decide how we want to be in the world, and that's that. And so, but I'm still going to ask you the question anyway. 
Do you have that, a do you do you believe that's the takeaway, or do you think there's another one that you believe that you want to tell that, us? Yeah, that's it. You know what? No fucks given today. Sorry, I you know I don't care. You can you can you get to think whatever you want to think about me, and I'm okay with that because your perception does not define my reality. Yes. Yeah. And that what defines me yeah. has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with God. Yep. I am who God says I am. Nothing yeah. else. Nothing yeah. more, nothing less. Yeah. And you also believe that that's for everyone else too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We are all 100% defined by what God says we are. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we just get to seek his truth because ours is always going to be screwed up. Always, (laughs) you know, because we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And because we are interacting with other humans, it's going to get screwed up (laughs) because I I am a firm believer that anything that human beings touch get bastardized. (laughs) We can't help it. It's just in our DNA because we're not perfect beings. If we were, we'd be God and we, you and I wouldn't be having this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's very true. (laughs) But thank you so much, Sarah, for just sharing your story, everything, and just being here and joining us. It's so powerful because what I'm taking away from what your story is really, you know, just, be who you want to be and then use faith, your faith and using that to, for your guidance. Yeah. Yeah. And so thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And if, if anybody wants to hear more about the story and where it came from and those types of things, my book, yeah, me too. What he said that changed everything will be out on Amazon on January 30th and it literally goes through my entire story. So um, that's a great resource. If somebody found a nugget in there that they want to dig into further. And I'll definitely put that in the show notes. Definitely. So beautiful. Awesome. Tina, it has been my absolute pleasure. And my hope is that somebody out there got something that will make their life a little bit better because that's all we're really here for. It's to support each other in making our lives just a little bit better every day. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. Thank you for just being here and listening in. We really appreciate it. So if you enjoyed this conversation and would like to just to be here, just please review wherever you're listening and look out for new episodes every Tuesday on the Courageous Inner Feast. Thank you for listening in. If you enjoy our conversation and want to know more about Sarah Phillips, please look at the show notes for more information and for the links. 